podcast. As always, you're here with Curtis, another fellow disciple of Jesus Christ, striving to do whatever it is that is put into my heart and mind to do, and that includes this podcast at times. And I'm here with the group this time, the larger group, who, due to the uh, the reactive nature of this podcast we're going to do today, more of an open <laughs> format, may or may not speak, that's up to them, but they're, they're going to be introduced. We have Colleen. Hola. And we have my wife, Amanda. Hi. And we have their brother, Guy, here as Hello. well. <laughs> and uh, as always, uh, the invitation is still open, though hasn't been used in a while. If anyone wants to send anything in about their personal experiences with following Christ, uh, so anything that's brought you closer to that that you'd like to share on this podcast, it is an open forum for that. And you can send that in to founditonchristpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and just want to say thank you to everyone who has continued to keep this feed going, even though there hasn't been anything released in a while. Uh, as I've stated before, if there wasn't anything the Lord wanted me to say that was pressing on me, then I wouldn't say it. So hopefully when things do to, do get said, uh, they have a little bit more weight, a little bit more emphasis. Uh, and oftentimes, I know Colleen's felt this way, but when these things do get said, we, we believe that there's somebody out there that the Lord wants to hear for some reason. So if you feel so inclined, please share these messages with, you think, people who could benefit from them. And with that, I am going to pass the proverbial talking stick, not literally, over <laughs> to Colleen so she can introduce our discussion today. She's going to whack the stick on the head. <laughs> whack the stick on the head. We do have a breadstick. We had Olive Garden. Guys, he's holding up a breadstick. Like talking <laughs> okay, stick. thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I've... I had this prompting for a while now to do a podcast on secrets and what it means when Christ tells you to keep secrets um, and what we believe secrets really mean. And usually I'll ask the Lord uh, when I first get a topic um, to receive at least two or three witnesses of, is that really what you want me to base a topic on and what somebody needs to hear? And I got those witnesses pretty quick, but it's been a while. And so we're able to today bring it to you. Um, anyway, in Matthew 17, nine, um, Christ has just been transfigured yeah. at the Mount and Peter, James, and John um, were witness to this. And um, one of them or all of them said this or asked Christ. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. Mm -hmm. So 
what my question is, is what is the difference between Christ telling you to keep a secret <laughs> compared to what we believe nowadays secrets are actually kind of a bad thing? Well, they have, they have a very negative connotation most of the time in public discourse, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say the the Mormon culture, and, and I can't think of any Mormon, you know, Book of Mormon scripture off the top of my head that uses the word secret <coughs> in, in a, a good life. Yeah, in a, in a good life. Almost everything. And, you know, if we were to, if the Mormon culture were to brand a TM, trademark, yeah. a certain thing, secret combinations is like one of the things we talk about a lot, right? It's talked about in the Book of Mormon a lot. Yeah. So, and, and rightly so, you're just, you know, you're talking about the dichotomy here that we have where Christ is, he straight up, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, talks about praying in secret and doing your alms in secret. Uh -huh. He tells the apostles here to, to keep a secret. There's a few times he heals people and says, don't go tell anybody. So there's this concept of secrets that seems to be, must be a good thing because Christ is talking about it and saying yeah. to do them. But then we also have the secret that's talked about in the Book of Mormon and how do we marry those two ideas? Right. How do we... How do we hash through that as followers of Christ? Yes. And one of the things I, I went in and I looked at Google and I think I put in secrets. Um, but this also came up with this question. What are the four reasons to meet with God in secret? And it said in his teaching on prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus stresses the importance of having such a place. I've come up with four reasons why he stresses a secret place. For intentionality, privacy, intimacy, and integrity. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, that whoever did this on Google, anyway. Yeah, we're um, the information. <laughs> had four reasons why Christ um, wanted these things private, yeah. these things secret. Um, it also takes me to, uh, I think it's Alma chapter three, which it talks about um, the Ram Yamtham. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what the Ram Yumpkin yeah. is. Yeah, if they've listened to this channel at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, where they've, where these very proud. Maybe his pulpit. Oh, yeah. wait, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> these very proud people would go up. Um, they had to have money, you know, they had to be wearing fine dress. You know, they got up and they only met one person at a time. Yeah, and they would. Else. Yeah, and they would. You know, say, "I know I'm the best. You've chosen me. Mm -hmm. I am your favorite." <laughs> Pretty much, like I'm just going on. You know, the feelings that I got from that. But um, it takes me back to why Christ would have somebody keep things secret and then 
obviously be rewarded openly from him. Yeah. You know? And so, um, I feel like when it comes to Christ and when Christ brings in secrets, um, the good secrets, which nowadays I think they're called mysteries, <laughs> right? They could be mysteries. <clears throat> That's right? one way to look at it. Yeah. Um, you could, you, there's a way to flavor the term mystery as a secret yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. But, um, it just reminded me of how when these people went up in the ramp up to the Ramiumptum, they were very prideful and they were, they were not humble at all. Oh yeah. It was really about yeah, it's like, how special they were yeah. and why they were so lucky to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So to me, I kind of got the answer of the reason why he asked you to go into your closets and pray and, do certain things in secret is and reward you openly is because um, he's trying to humble you mm-hmm. and not, <laughs> I guess, not being vain yeah. and prideful um, and thinking you're better than anybody else, you know? So yeah. that's what I kind of got out of that. Yeah. yeah the potential of, it seems that oftentimes this, yeah, the, when Christ, on Sermon on the Mount specifically, where he's talking about doing things in secret, it's more about you don't need to be concerned with taking credit for doing these things I'm asking you to do, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't need to worry, like, it's okay if it, if the only person who knows that you did these things was God, because he's the one that's going to take care of and reward you for whatever that action is, if there's a reward, you know, needed beyond the action itself. Mm-hmm. And so there's that, but then also throughout his ministry, it seems that he was asking people to hold on to information because he didn't want things to grow beyond the scope of where they should be at the time, you know, having the foreknowledge that he did, having, you know, certain things precede him could have possibly been destructive to his ministry. Right. And we all, we all understand. And I think we probably all experience in real time when it's like, when you try to explain something that is quote unquote doctrinal meat to somebody who isn't ready for doctrinal meat. Mm -hmm. Right. And they only have the milk and how that goes poorly. And likely, you know, and, some people could say, you know, they feel that way about this podcast. You know, that's fair. <laughs> Everyone, you approach it whatever whatever wavelength you're ready for. But so I guess there there's those two things, right? Mm-hmm. There's and the, those have different purposes. One's about us performing things correctly to get a God mindset. The other thing is about preparation for other people. Yeah. <clears throat> So then also there's, well, so, okay. You want me to bring in the chat GBT stuff right now? Or um, I was going to say, um, in third Nephi 13, um, two through four, um, it's saying, therefore, when ye shall do your alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as will hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets 
that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father who seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> I was just, I had the thought while you read that. Like, the big thing we talk about being bad is secret combinations, uh-huh. right? And in that scripture, he talks about the left hand not knowing what the right mm-hmm. hand's doing. Almost yeah. like, no, there's no secret combination. In fact, it's like a secret discon- discombination. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why it reminded me of the Ramiantum. Because, like he said, that's what hypocrites do. They mm-hmm. want to be loud and boisterous and they want to be seen, mm-hmm. you know, but humble yourself and come unto me and you will be rewarded openly. Yeah. So anyway, now you can go on with your, yeah. unless so, somebody else over there has something to say. Anything you guys want to say? Yeah? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so I thought it would be interesting you know, in the modern age that we live in, to ask ChatGBT certain questions about secrets, Christianity, and whatnot, and just to see, you know, what a, you know, quote-unquote unbiased <laughs> source of information, because there's not really such a thing. Everything is, you know, all information is biased, but just curious what it would bring up. And so, like, I asked, is, in Christianity, are secrets a good thing? And it says, in Christianity, the perspective on secrets can vary depending on the context and the nature of the secret. Some secrets, like personal confessions to a priest or a bishop, are considered sacred or are meant to be kept confidential. However, the general principle is to be honest and truthful. So concealing information or secrets that harm others or go against moral values is generally discouraged. It's important to consider the intent and consequences of keeping a secret within the framework of Christian ethics. <clears throat> and then, to go along with that, it says, is there a difference between secret and sacred in the Bible and the Book of Mormon? It says, in both the Bible and the Book of Mormon, the concepts of secret and sacred are intertwined but can be understood in slightly different ways. So first, secret. In the Bible, the term secret is sometimes used to refer to hidden or concealed knowledge or mysteries, we brought that up, that God may reveal to his chosen prophets or followers. It can denote spiritual truths not readily apparent to everyone. In the Book of Mormon, similarly, the Book of Mormon also discusses certain hidden or sacred teachings and prophecies often referred to as sacred records. These records contain information known to a select few. Number two, sacred. In both the Bible and the Book of Mormon, the concept of sacred generally refers to things that are consecrated, set apart, or considered holy. This can include sacred rituals, objects, places, and teachings that are meant to be revered and respected. The specific terminology and context may vary between the Bible and the Book of Mormon, but the fundamental idea of hidden or sacred knowledge and the importance of reverence and respect for sacred things is present in both religious texts. It's important to note that the interpretations of these concepts can vary among the different Christian denominations and sects. So yeah, obviously Christianity is a big bubble, and you know, I'm trying to get some broad feelings here. But I think that this 
what what it's conveying here is something that we could probably latch on to that that it's whether or not secrets or and sacred are the same thing really just depends on the context of the conversation that we're talking about yeah right if if you know we're being asked to keep secrets and and you know we make promises to not tell anybody if and kill ourselves if we have to divulge that information, like wanting to drink the blood of Helaman or something like that. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> the context of that secret is very important versus the concept of here is some important thing to understand about how the universe works. And you right now are ready to understand it. And when the time is ready, you can pass that information on. Right. Mm-hmm very different context. like in alma 37 at the end of two verse two it says for it is for it is for a wise purpose that they are kept mm-hmm. and obviously they're not going to be secrets forever yeah you know they're only kept for a certain reason and they'll be brought forth in a certain time and like i said before all this has to do with jesus and (laughs) what secret you know like i feel like secret has to do with him Mm -hmm. because we think of secrets nowadays as secret combinations and secret like that yeah so well and and i'll i'll (laughs) I'll be a little vulnerable, I guess a little open right now. And going through the the different nuance changes I've had with faith and understanding and my belief and whatnot, and reassessing everything, you know, I'm at the point where I you know, the death of the death of certainty, and I've decided that it's worth to re-examine things that I felt settled before. But that was one of the things that actually kind of bothered me a lot about looking back at the temple ceremonies as they've been up to a certain point that that it was part of the temple ceremony that you would covenant to kill yourself. Yeah. It's, you know, before you would divulge anything in there, which to me was very disturbing when you look at it from a neutral standpoint and look at the Book of Mormon. And so, yeah, there's, I think... It's, it would be prudent for all of us to be able to look at all these things with fresh eyes mm-hmm. and decide, okay, things may not be exactly what we think they are. And what is sacred and what is secret? Yeah. And, and really, how does that operate? Because you have public discourses from prophets in the Book of Mormon talking about quote-unquote sacred things. Why would that, you know, there's no issue there. Mm-hmm. Jacob plainly stating to people as he's decrying their activities and calling them to repentance saying, I've seen the savior. So is my brother, you know, that, I can't think of anything that would be quote unquote more sacred right. you know, than yeah. that. And so how, you know, how do we parse that information? How do we decide when and where to share those things and what is quote unquote a secret, what is sacred and, and if those lines are crossed and when, yeah. Yeah, I recently watched The Banner of Heaven. <laughs> I know that's a very controversial thing right now, especially in the church. Mm-hmm. Like, don't go watch it because, you know, they show 
temple ceremonies and things like that. But it kind of opens your eyes a little bit to watch it. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying go and watch it, especially if you you don't want to. Like, yeah, it took me a long time to actually go and watch it. Mm-hmm. But it just, it showed, it opened my eyes a lot more to a lot of secrets. Not sacred, but secrets that are in yeah. the... LDS, what would the word be? Society? Yeah, culture. Culture. Yeah. Um, which people believe are sacred, mm-hmm. but they're more of like a secret combination. Mm-hmm. At least that's what, you know, my my heart and my mind went to. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, it just made me think a lot more of what what really is secret and what really is sacred. Because sacred is your relationship with God, like mm-hmm. what covenants you've made with him. Mm-hmm. Secrets are <laughs> what you've made with men, I guess. <laughs> and so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, and I'll pose the question to you anyone here that would want to or could you know answer like where is that where's that line for you versus what what's good and what's bad in in the realm of secret like what do you qualify as good things what do you qualify as bad things is there such thing as a good secret i you know i'll admit i think up until the point that we started discussing this and i had to like remember that Christ basically, you know, used secret in a good connotation. I was at the point where I was like, I'm tired of this concept of secrets anywhere. Yeah. You know, like everything should be out in the open. Uh, We shouldn't, everything, there shouldn't be anything hidden, you know, especially because I felt like in some aspects, people may be well-intentioned or not have hidden information about our history that really bothered me that I was finding out later you know, and I felt like it it brushed up negatively against the concept of consent um, and making sure that people have all the information they need to make a good yeah. decision. So, like for me, yeah, for anybody who wants with, to answer that, that's why with that movie I was just talking about, like it shows it shows the girl going through the temple ceremonies, okay, and having to understand what the consequences is that what they're called or uh, punishments yeah punishments mm. punishments and stuff and it was very <laughs> worldly okay mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know chaos or whatever it was but it, it was it was very it. negative to me yeah and I just felt so bad for those in the early days who went through um, the temple or went through their endowment that had to go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, yeah, it just brought a creepy feeling because I know, well, I've learned that a lot of this stuff came from Masons, the Masons and Mm-hmm. You know, Masons are known for their secret 
<laughs> pretty much secret combinations and yeah and um so it's yeah yeah how do you parse that information right yeah anybody else want to i guess i'll <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to force your guy or hit, force your hand guy, but <laughs> I guess I'll add my two cents. <laughs> but when I think about things, I think of you have basic truths, right? And then each basic truth, you have the the dark side's approach to it, and then you have the light side approach to it. And if we look at the universal truth that of basically what would it be like withholding information mm. yeah um the light and the dark side really have different approaches to it the light side approach to withholding information is when you need a foundation a foundation of truth in order to truly comprehend or understand what the higher, those higher truths. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think what we refer to as the mysteries, you know, the mysteries of God, they're only mysteries because people who don't have the foundation of understanding and knowledge to understand them, they're mysterious. Mm -hmm. But yeah. if when we, like the scriptures say, learn line upon line, precept upon precept, and the Lord builds that foundation of understanding, we get to a certain point, and all of a sudden, these mysterious things, they're not so mysterious. Yeah. It's almost like when the foundation's built, you're almost like reaching up for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it's not mysterious. It's almost like you're just bridging the connection, mm -hmm. right? When you're ready to receive it. Whereas... If there is no connection, you haven't built the foundation, the connecting, then yeah, there's no way to connect that to the structure. And yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. what is this thing? You know, but when, when you've built the foundation, it's almost like the next question to ask mm -hmm. leads you to that mystery, right? Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden those mysterious secrets, they're not... They're not secrets. I mean, they've been brought... I mean, you understand yeah. them, so they're not mysterious anymore. They're not... But... Throughout the scriptures, throughout time, we constantly in scriptures hear about the Lord wanting to reveal so much. Like back when Moses and the children of Israel, what the Lord wanted was a nation of prophets, right? Mm -hmm. A nation of people who were filled with the spirit of prophecy and could do all this. But the people rejected that and said, Moses, you go up for us. You be our spokesman. And then the Lord decided, and then he went up on the mountain and started getting all this information and came back down with the fullness of the gospel and found out, you know, <laughs> the people basically rejected. It talks about in the Doctrine and Covenants that the Israelites, they rejected the fullness. And so the Lord took the fullness of the gospel away from them and he took Moses away from them and they were left with a preparatory gospel. So, and you hear other places in the scriptures where the people are writing, people are talking and it's like, the Lord has stopped mine utterance. 
so that I cannot explain more about this because the Lord knew that the people that would be learning about this didn't have the foundation to understand anything further than that. Yeah. And we even have in the early church in this dispensation, you have the the fullness of the gospel was the Lord wanted to restore the fullness of the gospel, and yet there's only so much he could restore. Got to a certain point where Joseph even said, I can't tell you anymore because you'd reject. If I were to tell you anymore, you'd reject me and you'd kill me because the people had rejected the fullness of the gospel. And once again, the fullness was removed and we were left with just the preparatory gospel. So that's why these mysteries re- remain Are mysteries, mysteries because it's we don't have yet. the foundation to understand those things anymore. Yeah. It's interesting. Taken. I, as you know, I've looked a lot into Joseph, especially the Nauvoo period, just trying to understand everything that happened there. But it's interesting because it seems that there's this certain point, I don't know how to say this the right way. There's a certain point where he almost realizes that they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. it like that, it's the time isn't ready. And so then he starts talking about really high doctrine. And it's almost like he's getting it down so that there's information for future generations, right? Who will look back on it and someday be able to understand it. Like you look at like the King Follett discourse and, and uh, the Sermon at the Grove. And it's stuff that is like, it's well high beyond what he would normally discuss like Joseph was really foundational in his teachings for a long time, but you look at, you know, what happened in Nauvoo and, and with the Nauvoo temple and all that stuff, it seems like Joseph's like, okay, they're not going to get it. And I really don't know how much time I have left. So I'm going to get this information out there. And it's almost, it almost becomes a sealed book like Isaiah because people don't fully understand it. So they just repeat it verbatim because they can't really interpret it. And then we later, nowadays, you have a better understanding for it. It's almost yeah, interesting. The concept of a sealed book is almost a secret in of itself, isn't it? So like I said, when it comes to, you have that middle ground, the, the concept of withholding, withholding knowledge or information. And the light side is, well, you, we're going to keep that mysterious because you don't have the foundation for it. But then you go on the dark side where the reason the dark side wants to keep secrets is basically to for power yeah. and authority Glory. over other yeah. people. Yeah, in order to exert informa- yeah, the power of information from over people. Yeah. And to build up their own secret power base so that they can get and maintain their power and authority. Mm-hmm. And the thought just came to me. And also, when we're talking about um, the light side and stuff like that, like we were just talking about, and it takes me back to Jacob chapter 14, four, ba- Jacob chapter 4, verse 14. And I think this is a way underutilized scripture because there's so much in it. But basically what he says, this is Jacob talking to the people. 
and says, But behold, the Jews were a stiff-necked people, and they despised the words of plainness, and killed the prophets, and sought for things that they could not understand. Wherefore, because of their blindness, which blindness came by looking beyond the mark, they must needs fall. For God hath taken away his plainness from them, and delivered unto them many things which they cannot understand, because they desired it. And because they desired it, God hath done it, that they may stumble. So I think some of the things you were talking about with Joseph Smith teaching some of those really high stuff. I think that's kind of what happened is the people had basically rejected the plainness. It's like, oh, that's too simple. We can't. We need something. We need something harder to understand. What do you mean? I just gotta listen to God and obey His voice. Tell me something about Kolob. <laughs> FYI, we're not talking about polygamy here either, because that was not something Joseph taught. But keep going. <laughs> Insert. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> Insert. <laughs> but I just think that's exactly what happened. Is basically the people rejected the plain things. You know, the doctrine of Christ. The you know, believe in Christ, repent, get baptized by water for the remission of sins, and then the Lord will baptize with this fire and with the Holy Ghost. Basically, that's the plainness, right? Yeah. That's the mark, it says, that we need to be looking at. But they despised something so simple. So it's like, okay, we need something more. We need something harder to understand. And so the Lord took away the plainness, it says. And he gave them things which were hard to understand. And why does he do that, it says? Because they desired it and he has done it that they might stumble. I think that's a lot of what we have today, that we totally look past, past the plainness of the gospel and we seek for things which are hard to understand. Yeah. Well, it's like the the learning is the best teacher, right? Like, you know, if your child says, "You want to do, I want to do this," and they're not ready for it, no, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready. Eventually, you'll you're like, "Fine, okay, go ahead, do it." You'll find out how bad you are <laughs> at it, right? It's almost like that's kind of what God did. It's like, this is what you really want, okay? I'm going to let you do it, so you recognize how off the off the the mark you really are for being ready for it. But now that we have all these these things that are so hard to understand that we can't really find the plainness anymore, you know? <laughs> Even yeah. though the scriptures are right there telling us to teach these things and not to teach anymore, all of a sudden we find we go searching for something harder to understand. Yeah. Side note, it occurred to me, as Joseph's teaching the higher doctrine Mm -hmm. in public, in the sacred of the grove, the King Fall discourse, it almost encourages the idea that he wasn't the father of polygamy, because why would he be open about the etymology of God, which would be way more divisive in that current culture than he would be about polygamy? So, yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But Yeah, because he taught with plainness. Yeah. But those secret combinations of those who 
wanted um, extracurricular activities with women. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> those are some secret combinations that um, started when Joseph was around, yeah. like the end of his life. But he had nothing to do with it because then, he was playing in his teachings yeah. what, what the Lord was wanting him to teach. And like you're saying, it's almost what you're saying about, you know, how this, the light side and the, and the dark side use secrets. You can use the whole, you can tell them by the fruits mm-hmm. indication. Because if, if you look at what the secrets do, you could almost judge them by that, right? And I think you see how polygamy was used as a as, as a tool for power and mm-hmm. to to lord over people and, and to manipulate financial structures and everything. You see that the fruit is very much to benefit individual people, whereas the the mysteries don't the, the people they benefit are the people that it's being held from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if that makes any sense, the people that it's being held from until the time that they're ready for it, they're, they're benefiting on both ends. Right. Whereas when the dark side does it, they're de-benefiting <laughs> on both ends, <laughs> which is really interesting. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Is <laughs> did anybody else have any other thoughts about it? I'm... If, if not, I think we could move into know, just the closing I something I I do want to circle back when you were talking about I can't remember what specifically, but it reminded me, and I felt like it was important to say here, like there's been times when I've because I have a list of podcast ideas, right? A huge list. I just keep notes. Yeah, guy, he's got his own list. <laughs> he just held up, um, and it's funny how. Like when I write those ideas down, it's like a flash in the pan lightning, like this will be the greatest thing ever. And some of them, they sit there for a long time before they're ready, quote unquote ready, right? I'll stare at it for a bit, sometimes even wondering what I was originally thinking about when I wrote it down. But then one day when it's time to record record a podcast, I go back and look at it, it'll be ready, right? Um, but there's also times where it's like, I have a feeling, an indication that I want to do a podcast. I've gone down, I've sat down, I've started recording, gotten 10 minutes in on some before and just stopped and full on deleted. <laughs> and you'll never hear those. <laughs> yeah. And then, and I, I just couldn't make it work. Like false starts, like three or four false starts sometimes. You and then like, you feel like those are times where the Lord stops your utterance exactly yeah it, like not the time's not ready but then i'll like well what if i do this instead like i'll go back to the list right something else what about this and then that starts to grow and then i, I try to record that and then like oh okay this is it yeah that hit the stride and so i think you know as as with everything but including god and on, on the decision of whether or not something is a secret you know, or a mystery or ready to be open or talked about because the Lord can direct wherever you talk about it, you know, as long as you're paying attention to him, he's, he's really the, the only person who can demarcate, right. Where it, it passes from high secret, sacred doctrine into, you know, entering to wherever it needs to go at the right time. And then oftentimes, uh, 
the dark side doesn't care. And it's, it's all about what it can do for the person giving it. Right. Like it, it's not really about whether or not the person's ready for it or not. Cause sometimes secret combinations is about disclosing information. Well, we read about uh, the Jaredites in the Book of Mormon, where it's talking about how they started doing these secret combinations. And the whole thing was, um, let's enter into these <coughs> combinations with each other so that we can get power yeah, and we can get authority and kind of keep this power between us. We don't want anybody else to be led in until we know that they're with us, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how it's always been. There's groups even nowadays that that they won't let anybody in unless they're groomed specifically enough to know that they yeah they're with us they're, they're yeah. not going to mm -hmm. they're not going to go against us yeah well it reminds me of um like akish and jared mm -hmm. from ether and it's not just the men that were involved in these secret combinations it was the women too jared's daughter is the one who's like let me dance for yeah for a kish, it's like I gotta play him. Blah blah blah, and then and all got, these things happen, and, and then have, eventually, eventually, a kish is like, "Let's kill your dad," and then you know, like yeah. that is a huge combina secret combination. Jezebel okay. with Ahaz, I think, okay. right with Elijah, like she's really the driving force for all of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not just men; it's, there's women out there, and it's all on the dark side. It's all about getting gained. Mm -hmm and gain for them rather than learning and growing until yeah. it all becomes clear. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Anything? I, I can close up you, if you want me to start, you want me to end. How you guys want to, who wants to go first? Who talks um, first? <laughs> I'll just say that, um, search for the mysteries like work work for getting the mysteries you know what i mean like mm -hmm. let's as a people um stop working in secret and start looking for the higher mysteries um that the Lord will bless us with those so we, that we can finally be those people that sent, you know, like they sent Moses, you know, let's be our own prophet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Be Take your, that in the best way possible. Yeah. <laughs> right? Not, not Don't be way. a prophet to everybody. <laughs> be a prophet to yourself. And help others be able to reach where they want and need to reach. Um, and that's by possibly keeping picking keeping yourself humble and um, overcoming the pride of the world and just striving 
to be better so that we can receive the fullness of the gospel. And thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you want to say in closing guy or you are you spent? (laughs) I think I'm good. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't think I'll have a whole lot to say other than the fact that for me, this, this topic in of itself is, has been a good exercise of what really my journey has been mm-hmm. in the last few years is that I have a very hard, uh, encased concept about how something works and operates. And I've allowed myself to think, well, do I have the right conclusions in all of this and to go back and look and to find a different side of the topics. And so for me, this is reinforced, you know, with quote unquote secret, sacred, however you want to define it. For me, what you're doing is important, but maybe how slash why you do it is just as, if maybe not more important than it, that context really is important to these things. And, and maybe going back to the, uh, lines and chords episode, you know, episode I did a long time ago, but just reinforcing that there is a, an inverse an opposite way to look at these things. Like if Satan's doing it a certain way, then God has a reason or a certain way of doing it. That's good. And, and draws people into the light. So I think it's good for us as people who are search, search, searching after truth to analyze both alleys of how this topic is approached by both sides, because that knowledge really equips us to do, to be agents to ourselves, to be able to be acted rather than be acted upon. If we understand both sides of this conversation, you know, this one specifically secrets and sacred, uh, but any conversation, you know, any point of doctrine, whatever it is, if we're able to look at things from both ends and have all the information, we can make an educated decision on how we're going to let that idea work within our lives moving forward. And uh, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast and continue to seek his face. <laughs>